welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. As always, my name is Steph, that has not changed, and I'm joined by my co-host Nikki. Hello. This has also not changed. No, never. You're, you're the same, Nikki. Although I did add a K once upon a time, so now I'm Nikki with two Ks. I used to be Nikki with one K, so technically I did change once. You metamorphosized like a butterfly. I grew a K. Mm. It's quite difficult, I can imagine. Yes. Yeah. Um, how are you? I'm okay. I'm feeling quite Christmassy. That's good. I'm staring I'm, at yeah. a Christmas tree that's not quite up yet. That's it's... fine. I mean, I don't even have a Christmas tree up, so... Wow. You're doing better than I am. You're just but... feeling festive. Yeah. And I'm ready to put this year to bed. Yeah. You're, you're done with this year. I'm done. It, it, was, it wasn't It was a good year for me. It was a good year for Game Talk 5. Yeah. And I don't know if it was a good year for you. A lot happened. It was all right. Yeah. Do you know the funny thing as well? Like, I was getting to the end of this year and I'm thinking, right, it was shit, but things are going to get better. And earlier I was in my attic getting out the Christmas decorations and a spider bit my face. Oh. And so it made me think, you know, just when I'm getting to the end, thinking it's nearly all over, this happens. Like, that spider was almost like, no, bitch, not yet. Don't forget, you're still in 2019. I'm still going to fuck you over. Yeah. So, and now my face is a bit red and I've got a Christmas party in like a day. That's not good. my work. <laughs> and that fucking spider's ruined my face. But, you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Our favourite word. Because two, 2019 is going to be dead soon and that's okay. This is true. Well then, uh, have you got any news, Nikki? Well, I do. And we have a special drop to introduce my news. It's Nikki's News Tab. I have been looking forward to that for like two weeks. I like that you have the sound file, you know, you could just play it. It's not the same. <laughs> there has to be news. This is true. Um, so what news you got? So we've got some exciting news. We just hit 500 followers on Twitter. Please don't take make that as like an excuse to go unfollow us just so you fuck us because I, I'll cry. Yeah. Don't You'll do ruin that. Nikki's year again. More than the spider <laughs> bite. Yeah, just no, don't do that. So, mm. but we do, yeah. So that's awesome, and everyone kind of helped and retweeted and and shared us to get there, which was really really sweet, and we really appreciate that. So thank you. Thanks. And we also have some other news that we starred on a podcast that will be coming out very soon. It should be out by now, actually. Yeah. yeah so tell us about that, Steph. Uh, we were on Dad Podcast, which is hosted by Steve and a very nice gentleman uh, over in the land of Canada, and we discussed our top female characters. It was very fun. It was fun. It was a good. It was good a good time. time. Alien sex might have been mentioned one or two times. I must have blocked that out. Mm. My memory is just like, no, too much. <laughs> it's fair. The trauma. Something. Something alien intercourse. Don't think, think. about it. Just gonna throw you off. Um, next news is we are nearing Christmas, which means that we're getting closer to when we start on Patreon. So I'm doing some work for that. I'm gonna have a lot of time over Christmas to be working on the Patreon, making some bonus episodes. Not by myself. I will get Steph to be on these as well. And leads me to the second part of news, which is we are going to be moving closer to each other over Christmas, which is very exciting. Maybe not for you, but for us it is. We are so pumped. You have no idea. It hasn't. We haven't lived close by for a good many years. Probably a decade, to be honest. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, at least permanently. But yeah, yeah I think it's me like 10 minutes as opposed to like two hours, which is just like mind-boggling uh, yeah our tiny minds have been blown with excitement so i'm gonna be at your window knocking on being like 
bonus episode time, bitch, because we've got to record those, but we can do them in person if we really wanted to, which is weird because we have to look in each other's eyes when we record as opposed to just... I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy that. We might have to do it blindfolded. (laughs) I think it'd be weirder. Anything could happen. (laughs) Nikki doesn't trust blindfolds. Too many, too many things have happened. No, yeah. Well, well, well. Stuff will happen, and it'll be nice, and we'll, we'll friendship a lot. Yeah, that's that's more. You'll probably just be more subjected to our friendship. Yeah. Mm. So that's about it, really. That that you know, that closes Nikki's news. It's pretty exciting news, I guess. It was a good news segment. Yeah, things are happening. We're excited for 2020. I got really worried. I was going to say the wrong year then. (laughs) What year is it? Have we travelled back in time? Or forward? Maybe you were going to say forward. Who knows? I don't even know anymore. That spider bite has probably gone to my head. Yeah, I might be Spider-Man in the morning. (laughs) That'd be great. You can use your powers for all the evil deeds that I can think of. Yeah, all good deeds. Don't assume that I'm sinister. So yeah, Nikki's news. That's it. So I guess we should move on to our top five. This is our last episode before Christmas and New Year's. So we'll be wrapping 2019 up tonight in a little basket. So Steph, what's our top five? So our top five, to wrap it up in that wonderful little basket, is going to be the top five games that we have played this year. Um, as with last year when we did the top five games we've played of 2018 um, these are the ones that we have managed to get round to playing this year because we both work we both have some money not all the money and so it's just whatever we happen to get round to this year so it yeah, might not be because we all also from think, like, realistically year. yeah realistically a lot of people will probably not like most people are doing their backlog like everyone has a backlog and if you don't then I need your secrets because I don't know how to clear a backlog. There's all the games that I want to play. Still loads that I haven't played. These are the ones that I managed to... Well, some of them, don't get me wrong, I've got quite a few in here that are from this year. So I'm being current Mm, a little bit more than I was. Yeah, I think I'm joining you. I'm at least this year or last, I think, on most of mine. Yeah. But as I said, games that we've played, just going to talk about them and just get hyped, really. Yeah, it's almost Christmas. It is. And New Year. All rolled and into Christmas one. is good for gaming. So mm. I'm going to be trying to clear some of that backlog as well over Christmas. Yeah, I'm excited to have some time off in my new flat uh, with yeah. with nothing to do. Apart from see me. Yeah, apart from deal with Nikki coming over and playing Overcooked with me. <laughs> You're going to wake up at about four in the morning hearing weird noises coming from your living room. And I'm just going <laughs> to, broken in, and I'm just going to, you know, set up, set up couch <laughs> on your sofa just... Playing overcooked, waiting for you to wake up at seven. I mean, I've, to I've join made me. you a room, but you're not going to. You use have. It. You're just going to make your own little den somewhere in the house. That I'm not going to find for a we while. We spoke in the week, and I was like, "How how's everything going? Like, how's you know how's the spare room?" And you were like, "Yeah, Nikki's room is good." I'm like, "What?" That's what <laughs> I'm, I'm like, calling yeah, it. Room. I was like, "What? My room? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, well, I assume it's nice. I've not seen it, but it's nice that you did that. Thanks. No, I filled it with horrible, horrible things. There's just stuff that stares at you. There's secret traps in there. Brilliant. Yeah. That doesn't sound very inviting anymore. Mm. More of a cage. You're going to cage me and make me produce content. I thought you were going to say something totally different. Uh, I just thought you were going to like say, make me produce. I was like, no, Nikki. <laughs> produce young. She's beautiful. She needs to reproduce. I, need I did not just babies. call myself beautiful. That was weird. <laughs> We've got on... <laughs> 
to a weird tangent. I think we need to... Uh... We should probably get to this top five where we talk about our top five games of 2019. Yeah, it's a really long title. It's a hard one to get through today, guys. <laughs> I'd say it really quickly. Top five games we played in 2019. Fuck yeah. Nailed it. Um, in that case, I'm just going to play the drop and stop us from talking about reproduction anymore. Good. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey. Oh, let's go. That marks the start of the the lists. I don't know who's going first. So I'm going to nominate you because my face is hurting. The spider bite by a spider. You hadn't mentioned already. Okay, uh, I will go first then. Um, so my first top game that I got to play this year was a game called Minute. Uh, have you heard or played this game, Nikki? I have not. Okay, so Minute is a, a black and white adventure game. It looks a bit like old style Zelda games. It's kind of like that flat pixel type of game. Um and it's an indie game released, I think it was last year, by Devolver. And it's got this brilliant little concept in that you run around and try and do as much, and then you die every 60 seconds. So What? Every, every 60 seconds, your character, whatever they're doing, just, just falls down dead. Um, so the game only then lasts 60 seconds? So the idea is that you then respawn, and then whatever you've managed to get done in those 60 seconds kind of stays done. Or if you've collected something, you keep that item. So you kind of play the game in like 60 second chunks. It, it's quite pressuring. It could be quite an immense pressure on you, uh, especially for someone like me who plays lots of long lengthy games. And I'm pretty sure I've spent more time just like looking through menus at a game uh, than I did playing like sections of this game. But it's kind of like I said, it's an adventure game. So you're um, going to like a little, uh, I don't know, like a dungeon or something. And then you're picking up a sword. So you finally got a sword. And then you might die because you, it's been 60 seconds and it takes 60 seconds to get to the end of the dungeon. But then you get respawn in your little house and you can start again and you can go a different direction. Um, and you can talk to villagers and try and learn stuff in those 60 seconds. And then you might learn that, oh, they want a shoe. So maybe then you have to go and find a shoe. Um, and it's got little spawn points that you unlock uh, throughout the map. So you start off at your house and then you eventually can find a caravan so that if you hit the caravan, then every time you die in that area, unless you go back to your house, you'll get respawned in the caravan. So it kind of pushes you along a little bit. Um, there's also like little puzzles in there that are fairly easy, but interesting. Um, like I said, it's quite a basic looking game as well, but it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I have so many questions. <laughs> Hit me with your questions. How did the villagers respond to you becoming a corpse every second, 60 seconds and then just reanimating again and continuing on with daily life? I mean, they don't seem to notice, no. which probably sparks many worries about whether the, it's the villagers that cause you to die. And I mean, I just feel sorry for the character that you are that has to just experience death every 60 seconds. I feel like if I was playing this game, I'd just be screaming the whole time, trying to get as much done in 60 seconds as possible. <laughs> 
before I keel over. It, yeah, it does kind of feel like that. Like I said, it's quite an intense pressure that you have to do to like get through things. Um, like sometimes you'll be going along and then you'll hit, like get stuck on a tree or something and you're like, God damn it, this tree has caused me not to get to my next point. Uh, I think you can also, if I remember, you can like kill yourself. So there's a button to just say reset when you like, say you're trying to do something in 60 seconds and you have to do it perfectly um, or you're just not going to make it. If you fuck up, uh, you have the option to murder yourself. So, I mean, it's not all just the villagers that are doing it, clearly. It, it genuinely looks like a like a Tamagotchi game. Like, the guy who made the original Tamagotchi looks like he made this. Not in, like, a mean way, but, like, a like yeah. the, the characters look like old-school Tamagotchi characters. Yeah, they're very simplistic. They're really cute, though, even though they're simple. Yeah. Uh, you look a bit like a man with permanent duck face. Yeah, that's the one that looks like the Tamagotchi. Yeah, that's that's you. And then everyone else in the village is kind of like a half anthropomorphic, yeah. half uh, humanoid type of thing. I mean, he's certainly got a, a unique face. I guess that's the face of a man that's died sixty second every six seconds for like a billion years. This is true. You got to think what that's gonna do to a face. Yeah. That, it seems. I know this is on Xbox Game Pass because I've seen it on Xbox Game Pass and I was tempted to download it. So I might. I might have a breakdown while playing it. Yeah. It looks good. It is fun. It doesn't take very long to complete, really. Like, um, there are some extra kind of bits you can do. And I don't think I did them. I just kind of did the main little storyline. Um, and they were really interesting. And it was just it was just a fun little easy game that I got to play this year. But I really liked the that gameplay mechanic of, of dying. <laughs> Sounds really morbid, but it was great fun. Awesome. When did this game get released? Just out of curiosity. I think last year. So it's not very old. Just I liked I like to know so we know like how we're doing with our backlog, you know. Yes. <laughs> kind of keep it up. Um, I don't really. I couldn't really find any facts for this game. Um, because it's such an indie game, it was quite difficult. But the one fact I did manage to find, and I know how much we love a name fact, was that uh, none of the characters have names, uh, with the exception of a ghost who's called Mary. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. Ghost called Mary. So she's died but not come back. I have too many questions. Yeah, it's a weird, messed up world. I think you might be a robot. Maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. But that's my number five. Cool. That's a good, solid number five. I'm wondering if we're going to have a crossover. I suppose we should introduce someone if we are going to have a crossover as the magic man, Mr. Beetle. Yes. Oh! Awesome. I don't think we're gonna. We might have one. I'm kind of hoping that we you do pick this one because I'm teetering between two right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. I have both of them ready and I'm not sure what one I'm going to use. So Ooh. we'll see. I'm not sure that we are. I'm fairly confident okay. we're not going to have a crossover, but we'll see. Okay. That makes my job a lot harder, but it's fine. <laughs> so my number five is the Resident Evil 2 remake. Nice. Now this came out in 2019, yeah. so I'm being current. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself for that. Good job. Uh, it's no surprise because I love Resident Evil and I've talked about it a lot in many of our episodes. But I just think the remake, you know, it was it was in itself a new game. It was obviously based on the old one, and it, the story was the same pretty much. But it, you know, it's still in itself as a new game. So. I won't talk too much about the story because it's fairly obvious. You control police officer Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield. You can choose between the two uh, as they attempt to escape, escape Raccoon City during a zombie apocalypse. It's based in a police station. 
most of the time. You kind of go elsewhere as well. But yeah, I, I'm not going to delve into the narrative. It's, it's just your standard Resident Evil. Run away from the fucking zombies. Don't die, pretty much. <laughs> it's a good I one. I admit, I like Claire's plotline. I always have more than Leon's. But, and you know, if you've got the time to play both of them, then cool. I was kind of playing them simultaneously at the same time because I didn't want to miss out on each other's storyline. But then I remembered mm. that, that Claire's is, is a bit more interesting, in my opinion. So there's also a difference in... So you can choose the standard difficulty, which allows you to save as often as you would like inside safe rooms, unlike the previous original games where you need a freaking ink ribbon to save, which was frustrating, especially in... I think it was the Resident Evil 1 remaster. There wasn't an option for that. I may be wrong, but I remember either way, that mechanic is frustrating. Yeah, it sounds really annoying. Yeah. So it was good that they, you know, they didn't do that. It felt like a very, it felt like a brand new game. Like the graphics were amazing. It was so cool to see everything redone and like rehashed and just looking beautiful. And it was just a nice trip down, you know, memory lane. And it's nice because I I tried to pick up Resident Evil 2. I think it was beginning of the year. And it's difficult because you look at things so fondly and remember how great it was and then you play it and you're like jesus this is hard everything is just a polygon yeah. and it's like it kind of ruins a bit but it, it almost when games are remastered like that you're kind of reliving it how you remember it almost it's weird if they do it right that is yeah i mean that makes sense it it is difficult like all all the re kind of makes or i guess remasters um that i've played um or seen them do this one looked like an interesting one like i watched uh, a friend play it for a while um when it first came out and it was was one of the first times i've ever actually really wanted to go home and play a resident evil game it was really good and it was really scary as well like that's one thing that i really enjoyed because i wasn't sure if like it would sort of have the the scary essence of a resident evil original game and it really did like i i'd only play it for like a few hours a night after work and then i'd have to just give up because i'd be like oh just too much there's some mechanics in it that i'm going to speak about in a minute that just they're just oh yeah creepy and like the ambiance just everything in my opinion just nailed it and if they could do more remasters like that which they are they're doing resident evil 3 which is pretty cool yeah and i'm i'm happy with it and i just think yeah it definitely stands out as, as my top so nice. i've got some relevant facts so speaking about the ink ribbons and the annoyingness of that so if you did want to play on hardcore difficulty then you will be required to collect and use all of the ink ribbons. Well, a finite amount, obviously, to save the game, much like in the originals, which is cool. So if you did want to have that challenge and want to have more of the original experience of just getting just fucked over all the time, then you could do that if you're into it. Nice. If you like pain <laughs> and suffering. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't, so I did not do that. I think I turned it to easy a couple of times as well because I was just like, fuck this. It's too hard. No, I'm, I'm making myself sound bad now. You know I'm what, great. Though? I put it on hardcore all day, every day. <laughs> Playing games in easy nowadays is just a way for me to get through a game faster. Like, we've been talking about the backlog, and it's just like, I want to have a good time with this game. I want to see the story, but fuck damn, am I doing something like 5,000 times? I don't have time for that. Yeah. No, I agree. I am. Um, I did that in one of the games I'm going to mention soon. Like, I just, I just couldn't anymore. I was like, it's going to take me forever. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you want it, it's there. And if not, it's not. Um, another fact as well that I have is about fashion because yeah. I love the fashion we love that so fashion apparently to meet modern expectations the team decided to alter the character fashion designs 
to be a bit more photorealistic. So Leon no longer wears large shoulder pads, which were apparently originally added to to distinguish his original low polygon model. So fair Mm. enough. Like it was just a, a need to kind of make him look a bit more human. And same with Ada Wong's red dress. It was dropped in favour of a trench coat and sunglasses, which I didn't like. She no. looked like she was going to just strip off and start doing a dance at some point. Because at least like in the original, she had like her cool like dress on. I know it probably wasn't practical, but in this, the way that she was wearing her trench coat and sunglasses, it was just really obvious that you're like undercover. I'm like, you would walk in a room and I'd be like, hey, you're a spy. Yeah. And it just, it just for me, it felt a little bit too much. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, another thing about Leon and Claire is that they were both based on models. So Leon Kennedy was based on model Edouard Badaluta, and Claire was based on model Jordan McEwen, which I actually, when I looked into it, and I googled all the models and everything, I looked at them and I'm like, yeah, okay, like they're, they're hot, attractive people, whatever. But it kind of annoyed me, because I was like, they don't look like ordinary people anymore. Like, if you're going to base them off of these like really hot, sexy models, I just, I don't know, it just bugged me a little bit. Yeah, but, maybe I mean, I'm just being precious. Yeah, it's not like I could go out on the street and find a policeman, and it's going to be like a model policeman yeah. that's going to guide me through the zombie apocalypse. I'll be very disappointed. Yeah, it it just like I not that I originally was being like she is not looking at Claire and being like she's too pretty. Like this is stupid. Like that's not something I would do. But it was just more the fact that they just you know I like it sometimes when they base the base character models off of the actual voice actor. Like I just like it when they. Just try and be maybe a little bit more unique with it. But instead they were kind of just like, let's find the most attractive people and put them in the zombie game. And it just didn't, it just makes it feel a little bit less real. I mean, I wouldn't have known if I hadn't have Googled it, but still. Nikki it's remembers. Just, yeah. Nikki will remember this and just be annoyed <laughs> forever. I uh, another thing that they changed, which is something that I want to mention, which is Mr. X, who is, well, aka the T, oh my God, how do I say that? T00? T100. T100. See, I'm number blind, so I struggle with numbers. So now you can't mock me for it. But anyway, he was made physically shorter as opposed to the original game and was also given a fedora hat. (laughs) So I remember him in the previous games and he scared the absolute shit out of me. Like, I found him so terrifying. And in this, he was also terrifying. And he did chase me around and that is what made it really hard for me to play the game. However, the fedora hat just... That helps. Kept, it just sometimes it just made me laugh, and it it took away from the seriousness a bit because I just felt like he was gonna turn around the corner and be like, "My lady," and I just and he had his big leather jacket on. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just looking at a picture now. If you Google it, yeah. it's good. It's kind of a bit like uh, I don't know. He's like a really hench, uh, old noir fashioned um, like detective. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was he's to about reflect to... his purpose for covert operations. That's yeah. what they said. He's about to just be like, yeah, she. I'm sorry, with my girl. <laughs> a little bit like Ada, where it's like, it feels like you're trying very hard to, to make him look like he's some kind of fucking spy when he's not. He's a big fucking weirdo. Like, yeah, no one's just gonna let him be guy. a big fucking weirdo without a fedora hat. Like, the fedora hat doesn't make him, doesn't like make him fit in or anything. Like, he's no. like grey. That's kind of like. If you gave him a newspaper behind, like to hide behind, <laughs> yeah. cut out holes, just be like, "Here, you're totally inconspicuous yeah. this way," and it's like, no, "Don't get me wrong, look at him. he's he's still fucking scary." And the way he stomps around—that was one thing that really spooked me out. Is just like 
trying to run away from him and sometimes it was just too much like i think it was an original again like you're just trying to do shit and he's just fucking there yeah. trying to fucking be all suave and in his hat yeah and it's frustrating but hey it adds to the tenseness of the game and it is a very good game uh another little fact i've got as well is apparently now i don't know this i need to do this is the game gives you the option to play with the original soundtrack and sound effects from the 1998 game as a downloadable content feature. Now, I don't know where this is. If you have that, please just let me know. I mean, I guess I could Google it, but I'm lazy. So I have finished the game, but when I replay it, which I'm sure I will, I would like that. So Yeah, that sounds interesting. true. For sure. Yeah. So as well, when I do replay it, they the old skins unlock which is good like the old outfits which oh, nice. i wish was just an option from the beginning because i loved their original outfits and i kind of always hoped that it would continue but you know modern fashion is different to 90s fashion but uh, this is true although so you, is it yeah. i see a lot of girl like girls walking around and i'm seeing i think like that was just something a 90s pop star would have wear that's true the 90s are coming back so i don't see why they couldn't have done it but i guess in some ways they had to make you want to finish the game before you could look like the original resident evil stars so um but yeah overall great game loved it nice and from this year it was i'm impressed it's your turn now it is my turn uh so my number four is also a game that came out this year I don't know what we've done. I don't know how we've managed to skip forward. Um, but my number four is going to be Death Stranding. So oh, okay. if you have somehow avoided the hype around this game, somehow, uh, it's a man called Hideo Kojima's new game. Uh, I say game. It's more like weird fucking art project versus something you move around versus what I describe <laughs> it as as postman simulator who is a terrible father, but in a good way. Um it's there's babies there's weird stuff happening um i have to say this i haven't finished this game yet so this is going to be a very short entry that's okay i don't want you to spoil it either no and i won't that's kind of thing i can't spoil it because you know i don't know the ending uh of the story myself but i am enjoying it a lot so far it feels very different from any normal game that i've played but also it still feels like a game. There are just obviously these game elements and you are still doing things. But um, it's got some interesting twists to the gameplay, which I find very interesting. Like it, the gameplay changes during the game, which is something that doesn't normally happen. Um, it normally, you know, you get a twist in a story, but you don't normally change the way that what's going on in the game and what you do. Um, it's it's like, I said it's a postman simulator, it kind of is a walking sim, but it's like a quite heavy walking simulator. There's lots of going on in terms of story and the messaging that they're trying to get across. I have to admit that when it did come out, I haven't played it yet, but I remember seeing a lot of just clips of just Norman Reedus running in like green fields with boxes on his back. And that's all I saw, really, which I'm happy about. But yeah, feel I mean, confused. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a section of the game. That is a thing that you have to do, is run around okay. with boxes on your back. Um, <laughs> there are other things, and it, it d- develops. But um, yeah, without going into it or ruining anything, it is that. Um, but there are other things, like you do have to avoid enemies and things like this. It's not just um, like nothing's going on in the world. And there's some really interesting mechanics that they do with... Um, there's a lot of interaction between you and other players. Um 
even though you don't see any other players walking around your map, they can leave, um, you can like climb up rocks and stuff like that using tools and your tools when you leave them there because you just kind of use them once and then leave them there uh, can be used by other people on a different game okay so you don't see like other norman readers walking around because i imagine that'd get awkward yeah no but you see where they've been and you kind of make a little path for someone and then someone else can follow that path and the idea is that you're a part of a bigger network of delivery men and oh that's cute like scoping out a little paths and stuff for people Uh, and you can leave little signs around um like either warnings or just stupid signs and just like little (laughs) things so it's quite fun like so the world feels alive even though a lot of the time you're just walking on your by yourself and avoiding uh creepy things but um yeah it's got a way of unraveling itself i think in terms of the story as well where it's like it's not really stupid in the terms of it gives you a bunch of mysteries and twists and it's like oh i'll just explain it at the end um it's more like you understand everything that's happening at the time um and you're slowly piecing together the larger picture. Um, so you're never really confused. Just your story is a little bit intrigued and trying to uncover more. Um, and it's got lots of nice stuff to read and, and listen to and stuff, um, which is always quite nice in a game. It's longer than I thought it was going to be, if I'm honest. Um, I thought it was a little bit going to be a little bit more linear, but it's um, it's a bit longer, which is why I haven't finished yet. But it is, it is fun. I am really enjoying it. Um, and the... There's lots of cool people in it, like Norman Reedus doing stuff. Isn't isn't Conan O'Brien in it? Um, I haven't got to that bit, but I think so. Yeah, he's like a one of the delivery people you deliver stuff to. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen, weird game, is in it. Uh, isn't Troy Baker in it as well? Yeah, Troy Baker is a voice Ooh. in it. Um, there's lots of people. Um, and then you can make poop grenades. So does oh, that? God. Okay. Yeah, you well, it sounds like a you great pee. game. It's fantastic. I will, I will get it one day. It's just one of those ones that it's on, it's on the list. It's not high up on the list, but I it's mean, there. it's certainly on there. Maybe, maybe I can borrow when you finish it. Considering yeah. we're going to live ten minutes away from each other, I'll be knocking at your door. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it sounds like a good game, and I'm really, I'm really intrigued. That's why I've kind of stayed away from a lot of it, and just I'm kind of like ignoring things that come away with the information. I'm like. I'll just I've seen I've seen the weird Norman Reedus running around a field that's fine he can be yeah. doing that it's not spoiling too much but yeah <laughs> yeah I mean that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to get it early was that I was worried that it was going to be one of those games that the internet would ruin for me uh like five mm. seconds in so um I'm just going to stop talking about it in case I start to ruin it for anybody but I do have some facts um one of which is a half fact because it it kind of starts explaining itself and then it just stops. Um, so the name Death Stranding is apparently connected <laughs> to Wales. Um, not Wales, the place, Wales, yeah. the okay. mammal. Um, it's basically to do with uh, when whales go into the shallows and they beach themselves. Uh, it's called a term called, and I'm not going to say this right, so Nikki's going to correct me because she's the ecology person. But it's a uh, cetacean st- stranding. Cetacean, yeah. Yeah, cetacean stranding. Um, you said it right. Thanks. You got I'm, this. I'm so happy. So proud. Um, so it means that uh, the whale beaches themselves and they're basically going to die. It's rare that they manage to escape the beach. And no one's really sure why it happens or why they do it. Um, but the game has connections to 
what is happening there in the in the terms of beaching and the fact that it's called stranding there's the game's kind of about strands and how people are connected uh it's also a lot about life and death um so without spoiling stuff and without uh also the rest of this fact because it just kind of cut off after explaining that it was the stranding thing to do with whales it's connected to whales (laughs) yeah and there's also a weird fucking baby in it there is a weird baby in it you have to look after that baby yeah, I've heard. That's not a spoiler. That's pretty common knowledge when it comes to stranding. Like there was weird oh, yeah. things. Like when the when the first trailer came out, everyone was like, "Why is there a weird baby in an egg?" And then like when there was the controller that came out with like the baby inside of it, I'm like, "This baby is making me uncomfortable." Yeah, you have to soothe that baby, shake it around. Yeah. It does I, things for you, uh, so it is yeah, that's not useful. okay. I mean, a baby shouldn't do anything. It's other true. Than just sit baby should not poop. do anything. This is why I said it's a terrible father simulator. Um. But he's not your baby, so it's fine, right? He's just spoiler. taken this baby. Um, yeah, it's not really a spoiler. Kidnap the baby. We're getting into spoiler territory. I actually have no I idea mean, what you're talking about. I was going to say, you're sure. just making your own narrative. Um, <laughs> but my next fact, before we do start to go on to spoilers, because it will happen, um, is that the Horizon Zero Dawn developers uh, let Kojima use their engine that they built for Horizon Zero Dawn for free. Uh, the only catch was that if Kojima's team made any changes or improvements to the engine, that they would pass the code back to Gorilla Games. So they had this nice kind of uh, like little thing nice. where they would just pass code back and forth. So if they improved the engine, it would go, you know, go both ways. I like that cute. they didn't do it just for, you know, just to be completely lovely. They were just like, you can have it, but... We want your shit if you do, like if you make it better than us, which is fine. Yeah. I still think it's good. It's like a mutual mutual benefiting relationship. It just still makes me laugh that they weren't just willing to be like, yeah, you can have it for a price. Yeah, but I mean, it's impressive that the price was literally just like, hey, if you do anything to it, let us know what you did because that yeah, would probably be useful. Nice. Um, it was nice. really sweet. But it also means that there's a second fact connected to this. And that is in Horizon Zero Dawn, there are a few Easter eggs of Death Stranding. So inside uh, of the world of Horizon, you can find uh, Norman Reedus' necklace, a figure, and some shackles. Surely it should be the other way around. You would think it would be the other way around. Um, and it's confusing that it is this way around. But um, no, it's in Horizon oh. and not in Death Stranding. Okay. As far as I know, although someone, I swear, claimed that they saw Aloy um, in the world at some point like there's like a weird thing where you saw her just like on the top of a hill someone's pretty sure they saw her so she might be lurking around somewhere (laughs) fair enough but yeah that's my number four it's quite a short one like i said haven't finished it yet so but it's definitely the most intriguing game and i think it's going to change if his studio continues he's going to do a lot more interesting and different games than just for sure yeah your standards well, I'm happy that we both had two games from this year on our list because I'm about to screw that up. Off she goes. Um, so my number four is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Oh, nice. Which came out in 2017. Yep. Developed by Ninja Theory, a British game development studio. And I picked this up. It was a game that I've been wanting to play for such a long time. But I eventually picked it up on Game Pass and was just like, I'm going to smash this out, thinking it was going to be quite a quick game. It wasn't, but it was a gr- it was a good game either way. I managed to just about finish it before I did this episode, so that's good. Nice. So just to give a little bit of background to the game, 
It's heavily inspired by Norse mythology and Celtic culture. The game follows Senua. She is a Pict warrior. Now, these people... I'm going to give a little background to, to Pict. So, it's kind of set a very, very, very long time ago. I don't know when, but, like, you know, in the time of, like, Vikings and shit. Sometimes. And the Pict warriors, people that lived around Scotland, around, like, the Auckland... Auckland, I think it is. I'm doing a really good job at describing this game. Uh, so, very old school people. Old yeah. school Old people. school North so people. They, she wouldn't have been a Viking, but she would have been the people that the Vikings would have eventually invaded, or as they called them, the Northmen. So she was basically, when you start the game, she's making her way to Helheim, and she is basically out to find and redeem her lover's soul. So you can sort of tell from the get-go that she's probably not doing that great. Um, she's sort of going into this horrible, awful place, which is just sort of like full of death and dread and she has his head on her which is also weird i think it's a skull um but yeah she's trying to basically get like redemption for him and she does so by you know going through hellheim defeating other worldly entities and facing challenges and and everything like that to to rescue dillian from the goddess hella and hellheim which is not a very nice place and as soon as the game starts you soon realize that she is like dealing with something quite bad because the voices become very apparent to you and i recommend if you play this game play it with headphones but it is incredibly unnerving and somewhat uncomfortable i would say because she's basically dealing with psychosis and so she's having like hallucinations and hears all the voices and, and everything like that as she kind of goes goes through Helheim and, and does all the shit. And it's very dark. Even just the, you know, the atmosphere, the surroundings. It's got a very uncomfortable feeling to it, which is, I suppose is how it wants you to feel. Yeah. Um, And with the voices as well, apparently the game actually does a really good job of what it's like to hear the voices. And they do it in such a good way. So when you've got like headphones in and stuff, like you can hear them from every angle. It's not just one voice, it's a few. Uh, apparently when they actually recorded the voices they did just have a microphone in the middle of a room and had the people like the women walk around the microphone speaking so it almost feels like they are around your head but yeah apparently it's quite it's quite like realistic but yeah have you played this i haven't it's been on quite high up on my list to get played and i saw it was on um game pass and i didn't get around to getting it um but it's i've heard lots of good things and have wanted to play it and i have heard Mm. that it does deal with um displaying um uh, mental issues basically quite yeah. well it deals with them with interesting ways and quite sensitively almost for sure yeah um you know it, it's not like the main part of it like there is a lot of it where it delves into uh, there's a lot of like celtic and north mythology sort of uh information points like the best way to describe it is every now and again you go to a runes and this guy is telling you all about like sort of vikings sort of northology like yeah. celtic stuff and it's actually really interesting anyway yeah, um interesting. so it, it, it tells you a lot about that kind of world and i, I like history and i like stuff that's set in those kind of times because i feel like it's a very like underused kind of obviously i know we have plays you know like things like the witcher and stuff like that but i think it's rare that i to find a game that's actually like feels like it's actually set in that time if that makes sense yeah and the witcher is even more still further on from, from still that kind, time yeah, yeah it's, it's more like medieval than uh you know viking era yes. kind of thing yeah um yeah you're right it isn't isn't the most used 
trope mm. um it kind of got a bit more popular but it does seem very interesting and i really yeah. like um mythology especially like norse mythology i find really interesting yeah. um so that sounds really cool the funny thing is as well no i don't know if you remember this but this is more of an anecdote about my life um <laughs> so i was away on holiday and i was doing uh some like genetic genealogy stuff with my dad because he loves it he loves like ancestry and everything and we were just on holiday and we just didn't really have much to do it was a long holiday. Uh, so we had like my laptop and we were like looking back and stuff. And he has some gateway ancestors. It was really cool. I'm not going to talk about it. But we got to a point where we just decided just to, because they were on Wikipedia, these ancestors. We were like, let's just keep going back. Let's just keep going back all the way and just see what happens. And my dad was just like, okay, stop. You're being stupid now. When I got to Odin, but I just kept going. And I was like, it's funny. Like what happens at the end of time? Where do we come from? So, you know, Wikipedia is obviously going to tell me the answers to, to that. I mean, yeah. um, Realistically. Wikipedia knows everything. And uh, and I remember I got to the end, <laughs> the end of time. And I got to um, somebody who was in an ice block, who got licked out of this ice block by a cow. And that was the first ever human. And I remember I messaged you and I was like, Steph, Steph, like, look what I found out. I'm related to Odin and Thor and shit. And, and this person who got laid down the ice block by a cow and I can't remember what you said exactly but it just killed me you were like well you can't really take it seriously at that point can you or something like that and you just it just made me laugh when you start it's... getting laid down the ice block by a cow you're like hmm yeah this is probably where you should stop <laughs> this is probably crossover over to different territory in terms yeah. of religion over actual scientific yeah things anyway but I hope <laughs> that someone has been licked out of an ice block by a cow anyway the point that i'm making is one of the information segments it gives you is about that thing really? so when i was playing it i just started laughing my head off because i was just like ah, uh, that's me yeah. my ancestor <laughs> that's why well, it's everyone's ancestor really apparently oh, anyway I that see. was a total fucking tangent so we're all um, from men who have been licked by cows well, we don't know if it's a man or a woman. I don't want to assume. Oh, sorry. Um, yes, this is true. So, <laughs> but it was somebody that was in an ice block that to to be like born, they were licked out of the ice block by a cow. I don't know where the cow came from, but he did all the licking and then you were born. So at that point, you probably can't really take ancestry seriously. At that point, is the cow technically our saviour? Well, no. But, well, I mean, I guess we can thank cows, but... What I'm trying say to say is the cows like cows, our dad. Yeah, our cows are dad. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, is it, and is tangent. it all cows or is it just that one? I think that was a special cow. Oh, I see. I don't know. <laughs> You're the one that said you can't take it seriously anymore. I take it back. I'm taking it deadly serious now. I want to know who this cow was. This is a very serious game about serious matters. Yes, sorry. Move on. Carry on. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's hard to go into my next segment of information now. It's hard to go back from cow. Um, Calbirth. So, as we or you mentioned earlier about the mental health thing, it's definitely prominent and, as I said, uncomfortable. And so, apparently, to properly represent psychosis, developers did work closely with neuroscientists, mental health specialists, and people suffering from the condition. So they did a really good job of being careful about it and doing it the right way. They, you know, they, they put so much effort into it. They spoke to people that were suffering from it, scientists that, you know, and, and carers and everything like that. And so, you know, there a lot of people kind of had a go about it. And a lot of people still believe that they don't think it's a, a topic that should be used in that way. And mm. 
you know, some people disagree. Like a lot of people say, you know, it, it offers a fresh perspective and allows people to engage in the condition in a way that hasn't been done before. And, you know, it's in some ways it's a lot of awareness about it. So I think, you know, everyone's allowed their opinion on how they feel about it because, you know, like fair enough, like it's such a sensitive subject. Yeah. But I guess there's no right or wrong way about it. Like it's just one of those topics that's always going to be difficult. Yeah, it's difficult to know what is representing something and making people aware and giving people who do have uh, related things like uh, something to connect to or, you know, can help with all things. Or also, like you said, it's something that you don't want abused and can be abused really easily yeah. and misunderstood and misrepresented. So yeah, it's hard, but mm. it's, I definitely it's think, nice that yeah. they're trying to do it in a sensitive way, I guess. Oh yeah. Like if you're going to do it, like do it the way they did, like in the way that they, they put so much effort into understanding it and, and wanting to be realistic and show it. And, and really the fact that they were working with people who have suffered from psychosis is I think, you know, quite meritable in that, in that regard. And I think you people that have suffered from it did actually play the game and try it. And, and they say that, you know, it is uncomfortable and it is difficult, but it, it's it's accurate in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, if they want to tell a story with someone who who's, suffers from that, then if you're going to do it, do it properly. It's it's a diff- as like I said, it's, it's almost like there's no right or wrong. Yeah. Because I can understand why people may be sad in the way that mm. it's sort of trivialised and shown in kind of like a media yeah. thing. But at the same time, the way that they were speaking about it, I watched like a little, there's a clip after you finish the game where you can watch like a 20 minute thing about it. Okay. Um, the way that they sort of like were speaking about the game, it almost makes it seem like it's more of an experience, like a journey, like not, as opposed to just like a video game. It's yeah, it's it's yeah. Yeah, and I think the word video game will have an almost negative connotation for some people. Um, because it's in the realm of entertainment and not to be taken seriously, yeah. you know, to some people. So yeah, you can see how people could yeah, yeah, get to that point. And sort of aside from that as well, like in the actual game, there were some frustrating points. I have to admit, the the fighting is very very difficult. Mm. Uh, people are gonna be like Nikki, shut the fuck up. It's not that bad. But for me, <laughs> I think I was scared because when I first started the game, I was being told um, by you know internet and other people. That there was such things as permadeath that if you die too many times the game will just stop and you won't be able to go back to your save so the first three times i was fighting which was quite scary because you're fighting like big ginormous men with like swords and covered in all this like headgear and shit they're quite scary mm. i was like oh my god don't get hit don't get hit don't die and so you know the voices in my head are also saying don't die and also insulting me most of the time which is a bit you know unnerving yeah. um and I'm trying not to die because I think I'm actually going to die and like that um, that gave it an element now i get why they put that rumor down but it's not true it's not true oh, you, really? can't. you can't i died a fuckload of times and I, I googled it and everyone's now said you know it's it's not actually true but it does give you that feeling of it instills something else in you because you get so paranoid you're like oh my god like if i die too many times then i'm just gonna have to come back and do all this again and yeah. it, it instills that sort of nervousness in you almost yeah it's difficult it's it's Which a difficult one to clever. yeah it's nice very clever but yeah um there as i said some fight scenes just go on for just so long and as I said, it's it's just one of those ones where if you're in any kind of like state where you you maybe not doing a hundred percent well, like maybe don't play it because I feel like you do have to be kind of like ready to deal with how it makes you feel. But on another note, to sort of summarize why I like this game is because in regards to the mental health stuff, I really think it's quite interesting because 
they talk a little bit as well about back then, whenever that was, I can't give you a, an actual era, is mental health back then would have been something that was seen as a curse because she talks a lot about how like Senua in the game and and other people when you hear them talking about her they talk about it as this curse this this dark thing like that she's experiencing because they don't actually know what it would have been you know you think back Mm. to those times such a long time ago where you know if they someone had something like schizophrenia or had any kind of like illness like that they probably see it as some sort of like like possession or like you know curse and I think in a lot of ways the game expresses and shows what it is like to be in that kind of world back then I don't know I just think it's really interesting yeah it is it's a good point actually you don't really think about the fact that obviously not being aware and not knowing you know not being at that point in in time you wouldn't think it was you know you wouldn't have a shrink in the viking so that in that way I think it kind of it's more understandable the putting the mental health situation in there because it shows that you know we weren't always so aware of it and we looked at it very, you know, very, very, very differently. And in a lot of ways, it's just a story about how she deals with it and kind of goes through it. And yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely a game that's higher up on my list. I've just not got around to it yet. I definitely recommend it. It's a journey. <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. It's okay. a journey. Okay. So I've got some interesting facts. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know this, but uh, it was created by a team of approximately 20 developers. I did really... not know. That's, that's a small one quite a small team yeah yeah uh and apparently the main inspiration of senua so she is senua is badass i love senua uh was the queen Boudica, but her name actually comes from senuana senuna senuna sorry uh she was a celtic goddess long lost to historians but rediscovered in 2002 uh and her name was first read incorrectly as senua so that's where her name came from okay yeah and she the way that she looks is apparently based on what is believed the way Celtic warriors looked like. Uh, so she was given like war paint, braided hair, and cool, yeah. all clumped with shit. Uh, but she she looked awesome, and I want to cosplay her in the future. Yeah, this is a cool cosplay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm back on a little bit on the mental health side of things. Apparently Ninja Theory did actually receive funding for the game from the Wellcome Trust, who also helped them creatively in their sort of depiction of the mental illness and everything like that. So obviously they work with mental illness um, and things. And... Yeah, so I just thought that was quite cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Just the fact that they actually did like help fund it as well. Yeah, that they got in super involved into the yeah. development. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, another thing that made me laugh as well was the fact that apparently, because obviously they were a small team and everything like that, to save more money, the team used equipment described by uh, one of the developers as fairly cheap, including material bought at a low price from Ikea and on Amazon. Nice. Which, yeah, and apparently as a further cost-saving measure, they use their own boardroom for the motion capture scenes rather than, like, external motion capture studio spaces. Yeah. I, I appreciated it. Yeah. And, and so the uh, the person who is Senua as well, who is Melinda Jurgens, was actually Ninja Theory's video editor. Ah, so, okay so super i thought that was so cool when i read yeah. that so yeah i think she was used first off as like a stand-in for technical tests but then like she was really good and they really liked her and then she won a bafta for it so that's and i think crazy. she's just gone back to video editing but it's still yeah. really cool oh that's awesome yeah i didn't know that at all that's very cool yeah so someone in the team you never know stuff you could maybe one day here put I yourself go. in the game yeah put my face my my you know, goal is to get a face in the game. So yeah, do it. Yeah. Just even yeah, I and mean, we'd said that before, haven't we? Just like put your face in a bush or something. Yeah, 
Just hit me. Um, I've got sorry, I've got a few facts to send you, but I'll no, get through them. You go for your facts. This is a good fact. You'll like this fact. Ooh, so apparently, to make Senua's outfit like battle worn, one of the artists let their dog rough up the material and they scanned it on and used that as like the oh, mesh that's fabric. Cute. I hope he got credited, that dog. I saw a picture as well. It was adorable. That is very cute. Yeah. yeah that's a good fact. I like that one. And another fact, just to wrap up this one, uh, apparently to celebrate World Mental Health Day on October 10th, 2017, Ninja Theory donated all profit made from the sales of Hellblade on that day to rethink mental illness. So I think, you know, mm. the game in its own way is is has done things, hopefully yeah. for the better. Yeah, it's making it's making some changes, at least, like you said, if all else, just to give money to charity. Yeah. So nice. that's it. That's very cool. I like that entry. Thanks. Well then, uh, my number three is another game from this year. Not quite sure what happened, um, but we're, we're cranking them out. Um, so my number three is Crypt of the Necro Dancer Cadence of Hyrule. Mostly Cadence of Hyrule. Um, okay. This was another fun little indie game that I blasted through this year. Um, it's kind of a sequel to the original uh, game Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Uh, but this one has a Zelda twist, which is really nice and works really well with the game. Um, so the gameplay, if you haven't ever played it, it's um, it's kind of like, again, another adventure. Uh, it's like a pixel adventure game. Um, but the twist is that you have to move on the beat of a song. So there's, a, there's music playing um, from the game and you have to move in time with the song. And then everyone kind of, the enemies and stuff don't really come towards you most of the time. They just kind of move in like a pattern. Uh, and then you've got to like kind of hit them in the right pattern to kill them. You pretty much just like bump into them um, with your like sword pointing at them. But um, it's really good. It sounds more confusing than it is, but it's a really nice game. Um, the original, however, was really hard. Like I really enjoy the original, but it's really, really hard. Um, and I've never really gotten very far in it but this one they've made a, quite a few improvements and in changes to the way that the game works i think to make it closer to zelda um so it was more fun to like explore the map because you've got a map to go around um and the reason it's easier is the original one you're kind of in a dungeon and you have to just kind of get through that level without dying and if you die you have to start all over again whereas in this one uh you've got to get through the dungeons and across hyrule but if you um get any new weapons or any new abilities you keep them and then when you die you just return to like a spawn point so it's kind of made it easier rather than the original where it's a bit more like um just like dungeon running and constantly trying to improve mm. and and stuff um and it makes it like i said a bit closer to zelda a little bit more like you're exploring a map and you have to like uncover stuff and do dungeons and stuff um but the game obviously because it's based to music and movement um from the music it means you've got some really cool soundtracks going on um this one has got like some great synth versions of zelda tracks um that sounds good playing through it and it's really pretty pixel game the art in it and stuff is just really nice and it works really as a nice little love letter to Zelda, like original zelda and some of the creatures in hyrule like you've got like bobkins and those kind of things like around um but like little pixelated ones um it's just a really fun game i i got through it quite quickly in the end like i said it wasn't as difficult as the original one um but that was kind of nice it was just a nice one to sit and play i think i've got it on the switch but i have a feeling it's gonna be out 
Oh, actually, I don't think it is going to be out on anything else. Now I was thinking about I was about to say it's probably going to come out on PC, but because it's uh, Nintendo-based, Nintendo I was going to say, I was, I, go. I'm, I was, I'm wondering if, was the first one, obviously that didn't have any like Zelda attached to it, was that one also Nintendo? No, so weirdly, that one was just a PC Steam game. I've got it on Steam. Um, and I don't, I think it might be on other things now as well. And I think now it's on the Switch. But yeah, the original was just... Um, just an indie game that someone released. Um, and actually, my fact for this game is that um, the studio head um, who made uh, the original Crypt of the Necro Dancer um, wanted to do a Zelda version, and they contacted Nintendo to get some permission to see who he had to talk to about getting it. And originally, he was just thinking it's like a DLC onto Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Um, but when he went there, he learned that both the series creator, Miyamoto, and the producer, uh, Ejai Onomura um, were actually huge fans of Crypt of the Necrodancer oh, and they were constantly playing it um, so they were like we love this idea of combining the two series um, and they basically urged the studio to make more use of all the characters and making the project much bigger, bigger. Sorry, so it basically turned into a full blown sequel to the game rather than just a DLC addition to the first one that's awesome, yeah, it, it looks really, really nice. interesting I'm very intrigued by it and one day when I own a Switch, I will probably get it because it looks fun. Yeah, it's definitely a nice uh, game. And like I said, if you like Zelda music, it's definitely a nice one to have. I'm a big fan of the Zelda soundtrack and it's just kind of a nice take on that. And actually the original, I would I would uh, say get the original one as well because it is good fun. Yeah. Uh, and the music in it is really, really catchy. Uh, the, the guys who did all the mixing for the original one did the one in this one as well. And they're just really good musicians. It's it's. It's a nice one. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I'm, I'm kind of one. Yes. I'm intrigued. I'm, go- I'm hitting the indie games, I think, this year, because I was are. trying to get through as many games as I could. Uh, so I think I've gone for quite a few short little games. To be fair, like, if there's, especially, like, if they're on the Switch, because I feel like you can play a lot more of the Switch on the go. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, and a lot of them are on the Switch, but I feel like that that would definitely be helpful. Yeah, I think that is that has helped having the Switch um, just for things like playing it at lunchtime and at work. And also, yeah. sometimes it feels a bit nicer just to pick up something in your hands and just sit on the sofa and play it. Even though I would just be sitting on the sofa and playing a uh, like PlayStation game or something. Uh, I've also been kind of leaning towards shorter games and shorter experiences because just having the time to put into really big RPGs yeah. is just difficult. And I, I find that sometimes I lose enthusiasm for some of them when they get yeah, to a certain the point. Exact same. So, yeah. Unless it's one of those RPGs where you sink your teeth into it and then you just don't want to go to work. So you're like, oh, I'll just call in sick for like a week. Yeah. That because those, you those happen. I think that's gonna happen <laughs> if I ever fully get into like Persona five. Yeah. That's on my list as well mm. actually. It's on my list. I've started it but it's yeah. been put down. I apologize. My senior sacrifice was such a long entry and yours was quite short and to the point and I feel like I mean, I need to stop talking so much. When you've got to talk about a game, you've got to talk about a game. It's fine. Yeah, it's true. And when there's cows and ice blocks, it just happens. It gets yeah. out of control. Those tangents are going to happen. <laughs> Luckily, there's no tangents for dancing Zelda people. Yeah, there may not there may not be much more tangents to me on on this uh, on this episode. We well we I was going to say we well she <laughs> we well she. Did that sound like the two hundred again? We will see. When's so, Fedora? Uh, in the cupboard. Mm. Uh, You're number are you three. Ready for my number three. Yeah. 
my number three is a late entry. And by late, I mean three years, which is Oxenfree. Oh, which came out yep. in 2016, published by Night School Studio. Nice. I was very late to the game. I didn't even know this game existed until I heard a few people like mention it. And then it came on Game Pass. And then I was like, I'm just going to go into this game completely unknowing. Because I, I actually love that. I love... Because I think that's one reason why I like Game Pass and whatever PlayStation is. I haven't got PlayStation's one, but whatever that's called. Where no. you can just pick up a game and have no idea what it's about and just yeah. turn it on and play it. Because I feel like when I was younger, that's what often my experience would be with games where I just have no fucking clue. My brother would have got a game and I'm just put it in the disc, press the button and just play it and be like, what am I going to get? And I, I had this with Oxen Free, and I was kind of glad because I feel like I just didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So to give a bit of summary, Oxen Free, you assume the role of teen- a teenage girl, Alex, on a weekend trip to a local island. By the way, I'm not going to spoil it too much. I'm just going to give vague information. Okay. So you go to this island and then some sort of supernatural events occur and you and your friends must unravel the secrets of the island. And I just didn't know what to expect. For one moment, I was like, is this just a teen drama? I was like, what's going to happen? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's also, I don't know how really to describe it, but it's 2D. Mm, so kind of but it's kind of three. <laughs> i am not a game developer it's kind of 2d but it's not really 2d and there's things and you're a, you're a, i don't really know how to describe it it's like 2.5d yeah but you're the characters are quite little like it's quite a big screen and and it's not something i've ever played before that's the best way to summarize it like it's yeah. just just totally different from anything that i'm normally used to playing and i to see a kind of story narrative based game that's like that it just, it really, really works. But anyway, you go to the island and some weird shit goes down. It's very much influenced by classic teen films and coming of age shows. The Apparently the developers wanted to create a story-driven game without cutscenes, so it allows players to freely roam the environment, which is definitely the the vibe that I was getting. Like, there's no real cutscenes. You're in it for the whole, for like the long haul. Mm. You're having conversations and stuff, but it's just sort of like happening around you which is cool. Yeah. Different. So you kind of have the, it's a cool, like the walk and talk mechanic. So instead of the dialogue occurring during cutscenes, speech bubbles appear over Alex's head and other characters heads. And you have like a choice a lot of the time between two or three options. And sometimes for better or worse, like you'll just miss conversations because you'll be doing other shit. Yeah. Or you'll just like not respond in time because it all very much is happening in like real time, which is interesting. It's not like you have to stop talk it's it's mm. just kind of if you're you're bumbling about yeah and so people some people probably be like oh it's not a horror game some people probably be like it is i think it depends how you kind of experience the game but i think there's definitely uncomfortable kind of spooky elements to it and almost if it is i believe it's more to be like a horror game it's a very uh refreshing take on a kind of horror genre game. It's not what you would expect in a normal horror game, but it gives you those feelings of spookiness. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a good way to describe what happens. Yeah, it, it combines the horror element and then the story-driven narrative very, very well, and just not in a way that I would say that I'm used to, but I really enjoyed. The voice acting is very, very, very good. Um, I don't know why it scared me so much. I think it was because I just didn't know what to expect. And when I'm in a game where I don't know what the fuck's going on, I think I tend to get a little bit, 
uncomfortable. Mm. But when shit starts happening, because at that point I'm just like, whoa, now, slow down. What's happening? Am I yeah. okay? <laughs> am I? Am I? <laughs> am I all right? What's happening? Is it? Is it okay? Yeah. It's just audio and visually, it's very beautiful. It's very chilled out, but has this eerie thing. Like I find it was quite a nice chilled out Sunday game, just yeah. to dip into and and just yeah. But it it was very good at catching you off guard. That's one thing I'll say. And yeah, I love a bit of weird teen drama kind of spookiness. Yeah, it definitely. You said it definitely captures that teen kind of relationship drama that you that you have in the game. Have you played it? I have. Yeah, I forgot to ask. Wow. Yeah, no, I know I have. I think I played it on your recommendation, and I think I did really enjoy it. Um, but I think I knew you kind of told me that it was a a bit of a spooky game, yeah, or there were spooky elements. But I can imagine not knowing that those are in there at all because it, yeah. the way it starts, the way it looks, um, the type of game it is, you just really wouldn't expect it to be in there. No. So I can imagine it has a bit more of an impact. Um, yeah. you don't know. I mean, we've technically ruined it for anyone listening to this if they hasn't played it, but still. Well, you know it's got some... I mean, if you even if you Google it, it will tell you it's like a supernatural kind of thing, but it's yeah. not It's not so imposing on you. It's still a narrative game. It just happens to be that it's a little bit spooky. But hey, whatever. Like, I don't care. I haven't spoiled the game. There's other shit that happens at the end. It's exciting. Yeah. You don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. Wibbly, wibbly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... I don't really have much more to say about it apart from that, really. It's just it's just a really, really good game. And I really enjoy the type of game that it is. And yeah. they have just released a new one. Oh, that's interesting. It's on Game Pass called oh. After Party. Oh, I've um, heard really good things about After Party. And I keep needing to play it. So it's a really... I love the fact that they did that one as well. Yeah. it is. It is really, really good. I would say that I do prefer Oxen Free. Okay. But I think it's just because um, After Party is very, just not similar to Oxen Free at all. And yeah. I'm not saying that's that's a bad thing. It's good that it's different. And it's good that it's kind of got like different elements to it. But I think I was more entrapped in the story of Oxen Free than I am in After Party. But After Party is still fun. I haven't finished that yet, but I'm just, I'm sort of going through that. But yeah, it's, it's just each to their own really. But it's still good to see them making stuff and making it the way that they have with, with Oxen Free. It's, it's cool. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, you're, you're picking up what they're putting down. Yeah. Nice. So I've got a couple of facts, and this fact is about the people that made the game. So apparently uh, they are cousins, Sean Crankle and Adam Hines, founded Night School Studio in 2014, having long wanted to collaborate on a video game together, which I thought was cool, keeping yeah. it in family. So Family business. Hines had actually worked on telltale game story focused games like wolf among us and crankle had previously met or worked with many future night school members at disney apparently oh interesting cool. yeah it's cool so different backgrounds kind of coming together but i just thought, just thought it was nice that they were related i was just like that's yeah. cool yeah you don't often get it i guess no so another fact as well is that apparently american music composer and sound designer andrew roman known under his alias i don't know how to say this S-C-N-T-F-C. S-C-N-T-F-C. I don't think you're supposed to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to say it. You probably just spell it out, baby. Snunst. <laughs> that sounds um, Swedish. Mm, so apparently Swedish. he created Oxenfree's audio 
And the shortwave radio Alex uses in the game was created by recording sounds for a World War Two era radio set, which I thought was really cool and creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a good soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, and another fact was one that I was just trying to understand myself, which is the name of why mm. the game is called Oxenfree. Because the, the word like Oxenfree, right, comes from what you think would be Oli Oli Oxenfree. Yeah. Which... I still realise is there must be some deep meaning here. So if you've played the game, maybe you'll understand the deep meaning that I'm about to say. But I just googled Oli free meaning. Uh, apparently, it's a catchphrase used in children's games such as hide and seek, capture the flag and kick the can to indicate that the players who are hiding can come out into the open without losing the game, that the position of the sides in a game has changed or alternatively that the game is entirely over. I don't know if that means anything to you. But maybe it's related. Maybe there are bits I could probably you could probably like Yeah. Think about the fact that they that goes, but yeah. yeah. Not, but I just, not an obvious one. I wanted to find the facts I could be like, oh this is this is exactly the meaning to it all, but I couldn't find an obvious one. So just have that have that definition. It's out all there. Right. That's fine. You I'm can right use that. it how you will. And Thanks. to to finish off my number three on Oxen Free, uh I didn't do that on purpose, uh, but I, I just realised. Uh, apparently, Alex's orange, blue, and white outfit is a nod to Marty McFly's outfit in Back to the Future. Interesting. I guess yeah. I kind of see it, but yeah, yeah. not until yeah. you would have said. Highly recommend Oxen Free if you're into story, story games and like narrative hairy gate ha- hairy narrative hairy. hairy. It's not hairy, only if you want it to be. I don't know what that means. Whoa. Um, that's it. I'm done. Move on. <laughs> leave those hairy people alone um yeah that's a good one I, d- I didn't think you'd have that one but i know how much you enjoyed it and i did really enjoy it as well so i'm glad it got mentioned good mm. so we're on to number twos now are we twos are we though yeah are you sure mm. <laughs> feels like it's fun super quick i know have you done your number three what was your I number have. three uh cadence cadence oh, yeah I'm going first. 2019 is nearly over. It's definitely not. We've got like three weeks. Yeah, we've got, we've got, I've got so much to do between now and the end of 2019. So I'm hoping it's not over tomorrow. Um, My number two is uh, a game that brought me a lot of joy this year and recently. And that's Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> I'm so glad this is mentioned. I love being an asshole goose. It's just fantastic. And I hate geese. I love all animals and insects. I, I really do. But geese can fuck right off. They're just Agreed. the worst. But yeah. this game made me like geese a little bit more than I normally would have. Um, but mostly because I get to show... Geese. Yeah, I am the goose. I get to be the thing that I hate. You know, you're basically playing the game as a villain the entire time. Which isn't something you really get to do very often in a game. No. Like, I can't think of... I was trying to think of, like, many games where you are the villain terrorising people and you just don't get to do it. But in this game, you can. You can you can ruin a whole villager's day and week. Um, <laughs> the game, if you haven't... If you've somehow missed it on the internet, it is basically just a meme at this point. Um, you play as a goose. You can honk, flap your wings, uh, run around, pick stuff up pretty much the only things you can do uh, but you use those powers to terrorize the villagers for of, a, of a quiet village use them for evil and only evil um it's 
it's fun. You have little tasks. There are things you are supposed to do. Like, obviously, you're just kind of running around causing havoc. But the game sets you actual little points of stuff to do. So the first kind of section um, is, like, you have to annoy a gardener, steal his keys, you know, pick up his vegetables, steal his hat. Uh, at one point, you have to, like, make him hammer his thumb, which isn't very nice, but you're a goose. So it's the kind of thing you would do. <laughs> Um, yeah, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, they just don't. Um, it's it's got a really nice art style actually. It's um very minimalistic um in the way that they do the characters and the goose, but they get the they somehow get across this really nice sense of character and emotion from these people. Like you you know you're being annoying as the goose, um, but there's something really funny about just like honking at people and flapping your wings at them and kind of waddling around and then them just kind of looking at you like, what the hell, man? What have you done? You've, you've ruined my shop. You can ruin a shop. That's fun. She gets broom out at you. It's just great to just be an asshole goose. It's one of my favorite games this year. <laughs> I have enjoyed it uh, more than I probably should have. I um I have played a bit of it, I have to admit, and I had I had a whale of a time, but I'm just laughing because I just went on Google, typed in Untitled Goose Game, and a great pillow that came up with just a goose holding, like, a paddle, and it just says, mess with the honk, you will get the bonk. And also, <laughs> there's Untitled Goose Game socks, which I'm tempted to get you yes. for Christmas. So there is an Untitled <laughs> Goose Game store, um, and there's some brilliant socks. There's also a shirt on there that I, I'm so close to ordering myself. Um, but I haven't got around to it yet. And it's got like just pictures of the goose and then the word horrible written on it. It's just fantastic. <laughs> I probably buy it this week and wear it for our Christmas uh, seeing of each other, Nikki. I've just noticed um, apparently you can dress the goose. You can dress the goose? Oh, you give him uh, a little bow. Well, apparently you can put like a crown on him. I don't know if this is like a made up image, oh. but he's wearing he's wearing a detective outfit in this picture so maybe i missed things there is stuff you have to do at the end of the game so you go through lists and you move through the different areas and you finish all those lists um and then it kind of almost restarts and it gives you slightly harder tasks to do um and i haven't done those yet so maybe if i do those i get well no i've just realized that the underlying message on this picture is this untitled goose game goose maker shows us what could have been (laughs) don't get your hopes up i mean this is the (laughs) You've just highlighted the uh, the things of Google, dangers of Google, and yeah, it lies googling stuff. Um, I news. think this is a great game, and in itself, just a present to the world. Just in the way that it is, like I just I love it. I love just stealing shit from people and just pissing them off. But it does trigger me because I used to work on a farm during my college days, and there. I had to look after everything. So I had to look after the geese and the female geese were lovely. They were fine. But I remember that whenever I had to feed the goose, so the goose and his women, basically, because he was like, it was like his little harem. Mm. I would walk through the gate. I'd open the gate and I'd be shitting myself. I would literally be bricking it. I'd open the door and then I'd see him probably from about 100 metres off or 200 metres just running at me with his wings up, just screaming like directly for me and he would just bite the shit out of my legs as I'm trying to like throw the feed on the ground and like sort the chickens out and honestly like he triggers me like I literally it's quite traumatizing I hated him I mean this is the thing that I get from all geese they're just terrifying creatures and they hate everybody and actually I was gonna say do you do you remember so close to there's a village close to where me and Nikki are from originally um and it's a little village 
called Burley, if you know it. And there, next to the car park, there was this uh, field, and it had some uh, little goats and things in there, and little cages and some pigs and stuff. So you'd go in there and you'd kind of go and see them. And it was an actual field, and there was sometimes deer running around in there. So you'd kind of go in and just have a look around. And quite a few times we took people who were visiting us in that area to this place because uh, it was beautiful. It was a lovely little town. And uh, it would be fine until until you wanted to leave back where you came from, mind <laughs> you. Uh, this goose would appear from nowhere and yeah. uh, he would make it very difficult for you to get out. He would run at you, honk, bite. It was just like he'd just terrorize you for a while. And you could never horrible. get out. And you just have to it like, was like pop the gate. You would just come in for the lovely goats and you'd like be like, oh, our lovely goats. And then it would just be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Now how do we get out of here? Like you're, you're lured in by the cuteness of goats and then you have to deal with yeah. that motherfucker. He's, yeah, he's fucking here. He's turned up. And the thing was, he would be nowhere to be seen when you entered. Like he would hide. No, <laughs> no, no. He'd hide and waiting. It's and like... then and then as soon as you turn around to that gate, there he'd be <laughs> just staring at you with his beady little eyes. Like, come on then, try and leave. Do you know what what geese remind me of? You know the penguin from Wallace and Gromit? Yeah. That's what they yeah. remind me of. Um, Beak McGee or whatever he's called. I can't remember his name. Beak McGee. Uh, <laughs> oh, I should know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that's what he reminds me of. Like, Feathers McGraw. Feathers McGraw, that's it. Just the, the beady eyes staring at you like, no, you can't leave. <laughs> or as I go in to feed that little motherfucker... And then he's just waiting mm. to come bite my legs. Yeah, assholes. Asshole. Anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. but the great the game is great. The game is great. It's very funny. You do just sit and laugh at what you're doing. Uh, the little goose's face when he's stealing things is just great. Um, so my facts there wasn't many facts that I could find for this, um, but one of them is that. Um, Untitled Goose Game is not the title of the game. It is, in fact, just untitled. There is no, technically, no name for this game. Um, that means untitled could name it. Hmm? If I guess. Well, so. surely if a game doesn't have a name, I don't know. Yeah, it's technically listed as untitled. It's just an untitled Goose Game has kind that's of so become weird. its name, but technically that's not it. Um, so weird yet brilliant. Weird. Right. Um, and because we're kind of in a development fact thing, um, the the original idea for this game literally started out as someone posted a picture on Slack, which is like a messenger um, thing that developers use to talk to each other. Um, uh, it literally someone posted a picture of a goose on there and they just found it really funny. And they all just kind of agreed that they're very humorous animals. Um, and the idea just kind of snowballed from there and they just started making more and more jokes about it and how fun it would be to make a game just about humorous geese. And um, yeah, that it just kind of formed into this weird mm. game. And do you know what? I think it's going to help geese because I feel like if this game was around when I had to deal with that motherfucker, I would look at him a li- on a little bit more like comically now. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like maybe it's going to help geese a bit because we're going to look at them and be like, hey, I was that geese once mm-hmm. and I was bothering that farmer. So, you know, I won't take so, it too personally. So what you're saying is that this game is going to give geese an image change. If they yes. had a PR person, this would, I believe this would be one so. of those. I, like I believe it. that we can look at on geese now a bit more like 
they're not just evil motherfuckers. They're kind of funny evil motherfuckers, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. It gives it kind of like a lighthearted... It's, yeah, it's true. Too. It's true. You can kind of take it as they're doing it to be like to for their own amusement rather than just because they're hateful creatures. That's true, yeah. I mean, I probably a bit of both, but yeah. I believe that it's done good for for geese everywhere. Not that I care because geese, <laughs> geese are assholes. <laughs> now I think Nikki you're taking up a new job as PR for all geese. Yes. But I don't want that job. You probably couldn't pay me enough to do that job if I actually had to interact <laughs> with geese. Every day. Couldn't They'd just it. be in the office. Fucking up oh, shit. Oh, God, that would be awful. Can you imagine an office full of geese? Angry mm. male geese just fucking oh. honking and biting at your legs. Honking, stealing things. Oh, oh it would just be the worst. It's just a nightmare. No. No. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not for anybody. I don't recommend anybody do that. Yeah. It's weird to die. <laughs> but yeah, great game. <laughs> Fantastic game. Uh, what is your number two? Let's move away from this geese topic. My number two, I have, I, you know, I had I had two number twos and I decided to go with this number two mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of the other one. And I'll tell you more about the other one later, but um, okay. my number two, I've been current as well. I'm so proud of myself. I, I just can't believe it. I've played games that were released in 2019 in 2019. So number two is Borderlands 3. Oh, interesting. Expected. I I d- yeah, no? I, I did, but I also forgot um, because I'm not a huge Borderlands <laughs> fan. <laughs> I've really been following it. And I think I expected you to be more vocal about it for longer, if you know what mm. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I was umming and ahhing about this one and the other one. But I, I've sort of sat on it and been like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to take the plunge. And the reason yeah. why I was hesitating is because I haven't finished it yet. I'm still going through it because I have issues with quest completion. I know that I can complete the main story quite quickly, but I don't want to because mm, yeah. there's all these other quests that I want to do and missions. And there's a lot. And I just I want to do everything. And they've they've made quite a large expanse of a world. Uh, with a lot of missions and a lot of stuff to do and I just I just can't finish a game without finishing everything so I'll probably be another year <laughs> at most yeah. but it's still a good a good game good. so and everyone everyone knows I'm a Borderlands um, fan so there's no there's no real surprise but I have been silent about my love but it's still there the love is the love is still going the love grows so Borderlands 3 was developed by Gearbox Software and published by 2K in September 2019. So not too long ago. So mm-hmm. it's not too bad that I've not finished it. Yeah. So it's it has, you know, it's a similar game to Borderlands 2. There isn't like too many changes in the dynamic of things. It's it's And I like that. I know that sounds weird because a lot of people would be like, no more changes. But I kind of like that it's still a recognisable Borderlands game. Yeah. It makes me happy. But there's, you know, new loot cool new vault hunters uh amazing weapons you know i feel like everyone was fairly kind of in the whole media thing with the guns that fire guns like just 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 amazingness so reoccurring characters as well and just guns all the guns so i'll give a little bit of backstory for lens three um, just to kind of like set the scene, no spoilers or anything, but Borderlands 3 takes place seven years after Handsome Jack's 
death in Borderlands 2. Well, that's a, that's Borderlands 2 spoiler, that's just but, a you know, spoiler it was ages ago. It was ages ago. It's fine. Everyone's yeah. forgotten about it. Um, so in Borderlands 2, it was discovered that numerous other vaults exist on other planets in the galaxy. And you kind of just explore a bit more. So in this game, uh, twin siblings Troy and Serene Calypso form Children of the Vault, which are basically a violent cult of of personality formed from the remnants of the planet's many bandit factions. And they're just after all the vaults, specifically one called the Great Vault. Uh, And Lilith, who was one of the playable characters from the first game and currently the the Crimson Raiders, uh, has created like a resistant force protected to create, create to protect Pandora and recruits new vault hunters to help stop the Calypsos, which is you. You are either, uh, so Moe's, Amara, Zane or Flack. And they're awesome. I really like the new Vault Hunters. I myself went for Moe's just because she had a ginormous big fucking robot that she jumps into it's called cool. the Iron Bear. And she can just shoot a lot of shit and do some damage. She's very OP, but mm. I love it. And yeah, there's also reoccurring characters like Zero comes back, Maya, my love, and, and Reese. And really all I want to say about this game, because I haven't finished it yet, is I'm really enjoying it so far. As I said, it still kind of follows the, you know, original Borderlands vibe. I love the fact that Tiny Tina has come back. I spoke about Tiny Tina in our last episode and she's older. She's looking fucking badass. It's just it's just a good round game so far. I like it. I don't really have much more to say. I like it. Right now. It's cool. I am... I'm just enjoying it. Like for me, it would be so, there's nothing really bad I can say about Borderlands. It's just always good. They always nail it. It's always funny. There's always like great comedy in it. And you just get, you get, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think that's the thing. And And I'll finish it soon. Yeah. And I'll maybe I'll talk more about it in the future. That's cool. No, and I heard I heard that it was very similar to two, but that's kind of, you know, if you're a fan of the, the series, then that's good. You know, it, it yeah. wasn't like they didn't do anything wrong with it. It wasn't a negative thing. It's just that it was yeah. you know similar. So if you're you have the format that works, then why why ruin it? Well, ex- exactly, yeah. And and so like I have to admit, like it's not one that I'm constantly picking up and playing. It's not like I'm like super addicted to it. It's just a nice one that I just go into every now and again and just do a bit more on. Yeah. And and it's yeah, it's it's just it's just a good good all round game for two thousand and nineteen. Nice. Uh, I got some facts. So apparently there's a weapon in a game called Skeksil, which is a reference to the character in the 1982 film The Dark Crystal, which I thought you would appreciate. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like Skeksy. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know how Skeksy is, like, spelt. Maybe I've just pronounced it wrong. But this one looks like Skeksil. I don't know. Mm, it might be Skeksil. I'm not a Dark Crystal fanboy like yourself. <laughs> I like it. I, like I don't creepy, know that well. Creepy puppets. I was more of a labyrinth gal myself. I mean, I'm torn between the two, to be fair. Anything yeah. Jim Henson does is my fave. That's true. Um, and, yeah, there's another fact, which... I don't know why I put this fact in, really. It's a bit of a weird one. But apparently there's a magazine cover that says, Going Commando with a naked Axton, who was a character from Borderlands 2. Um, that's just a fact. Like, oh. apparently, it's, apparently it's private to covered, but he's pretty much naked. And the funny thing is, as well, is I got a skin in the game for Moe's and also like her skins cover her iron bear as well. And um, I didn't know this at the time because obviously the skin just looked good on her. When I saw my iron bear, I saw that there was like a naked posing accent on the front of it. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I've just been parading this around town. Yeah, like, I didn't. I didn't even know. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised, but it was just a bit of a shock. <laughs> I can imagine it would be finding naked people on, on yeah. your bear. Accident's cool though. Yeah. Uh, another cool fact is that um, Marissa Lenti, who was actually the voice actress Mose. Uh, has streamed herself playing the game and has become like a massive fanboy of the game apparently. Oh, awesome! Uh, and she's yeah. Apparently, she also is a Mo's Amara shipper. Judging by some of the fan art she shared on her Twitter mm. account, so she loves the Amara and the Mo's, which I can't deny. Yeah. That's not cool. So yeah, it's it's a good game. I'm I'm going through it, but that's that's it. My number two, it's current. I'll give you that. That's You've done a current. <laughs> yeah. You've- You've continued this this current. I'm going to ch- continue the current. Oh, my God. I feel like this is like... I wasn't expecting this. I know. I didn't You're actually relevant. think I thought about it until I've <laughs> been going through each game and gone, actually, this came out this year. Um, So this is, and probably a little bit because I've been playing it the most recently, but I have been enjoying it a lot, and that is Pokemon Sword and Shield. Okay. Cool. I've been playing Pokemon Sword, but... um. Sword and Shield kind of comes as a package. They're basically the same game. Um, I've just had a lot of fun with it. I am a big fan of Pokemon. Um, I've played uh pretty much all of the the main Pokemon games. Um, and this one was just a nice step in the right direction. I really didn't get on with the ones before this, Sun and Moon. Um, so when I got this, I was a little bit hesitant. Um, and especially because there was a lot of negative stuff coming out about it, um, and which I kind of tried to stay away, which I do anyway with games, because I just say, ah, screw other people's opinions. Um, but I really enjoyed this, and it kind of reminded me why I get so sucked into Pokemon games. I, I tend to find that Pokemon is one of these things that every year I have a craving to play it around November time, because that's when, when they normally come out. And then I blast through them really quickly. I play them like in really short, condensed, like really compacted little efforts. And then uh, it's just, and then I put it down for a while. I don't really go back to them, but they are some of my favorite games. Uh, and I really enjoy them. And so with this one, they, it felt like the old kind of thing, but it was nice having it on a TV. That was amazing. Um, and it was nice that they put in some new little features and to show that they are kind of trying to, to break the mold with what they do they're they're difficult they don't often stray very far from their normal things pokemon games but this one felt like it was trying it had the new kind of open world spaces um and the ui and ux has been changed so there's like lots of little shortcuts to things where there should be which is you know just really nice from a from a designer point of view i enjoy that um so yeah that was that's kind of a good thing. It's just been really enjoyable. Um, I know you're not a huge like Pokemon person, to be fair. I think I think I probably would be more of a Pokemon person, like if I had a Switch or like more Nintendo stuff. But I think because yeah. I just haven't for a very long time, that's probably why. I mean, I it looks fun, and as I said, if I had a Switch, I'd probably get it. To be honest, just because it just yeah, yeah, it's just one of those nice things that I would enjoy just to play like every now and again. And I hear it's set in England. It is. So that was really nice thing about this game. I think that's kind of what sold us. It's um it's set on it's not set in England, but um each Pokemon is kind game is kind of set in a, a certain area. And this is it one set in is like Japanese's view on England? It's based around a fake version of it. So what yeah. they do is they try and like look at towns um 
an areas and stuff of a place and then kind of make their own one that's inspired by those things um so there's an area in the game that is inspired by a place called bath in england um and it's kind of it's not really it doesn't hugely look like uh bath in terms of what it actually is but there are elements and buildings and stuff that are quite recognizable as things from that place or things in that local area and it's quite nice trying to go through and guess those things um and the whole game kind of does have that nice feel feels a bit like homely and you're kind of half trying to recognize whether you know any of these areas or Mm. if you recognize any landmarks or anything um so that is nice um and it's but nobody has like sworn at me or yelled at me as i've gone past which made me a little bit sad (laughs) like you what mate um so that's 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 not quite as uh it's not that realistic, but no. hey, we, we don't we don't need that. Yeah. Who, so who is there any fish and chips? There was I'm trying to think if I had any fish and chips. I feel like there must have been, but I didn't eat any. I haven't fully explored every single thing in the game. Okay. Yeah. Um I haven't quite finished it. I'm like got the last little bit to do. Um yeah. but yeah, it's just been really fun. And I was worried initially that there wasn't gonna be enough new Pokemon um in there because I'm quite a there has to be new Pokemon. Um I've just and I knew there was a lot around not having the full national decks in there. But actually, I really enjoyed it. My whole team is of new Pokemon, and they're all fucking ugly at this point. Um, but they were so cute <laughs> to start with. Uh, and um, yeah, they've just been really interesting new Pokemon. And the ones that are from older games are probably ones that you don't get to see very often like nobody needs to see another ratata in a in a pokemon oh, game like no. they're everywhere especially not playing pokemon go so much no exactly you kind of just get used to them but whereas this one i felt like even though i there were a couple of pokemon from older and older games or quite a few i just was running into ones that i hadn't trained or maybe i'd only seen like once before uh, so it was quite interesting so i ended up i think training a couple of pokemon that were just uh old generations but i'd never seen them before very often or you know, I'd never properly trained them. So that was kind of nice as well. Um, the only drawback I think in this game is a little bit is that it isn't very long. I have spent a long time in the game because I've been like training and catching lots of Pokemon. But if you just did the kind of matches and stuff and you just kind of went really linear through, you'd be over pretty quickly. But I don't think it's noticeably any different from a normal Pokemon game. Um, I think you'd be fine. Right, I think it's funny because I think you know if you're like, a kind of an adult that's working like a full-time job that when you hear that a game isn't very long you're like oh perfect yeah this sounds great <laughs> but before i'd be like no give me everything because i'd like you know i want everything for my money yeah. but now i'm kind of like mm, can i finish this game in a good amount of time so i can move on to another game exactly and, like tick it off the list that's that's good that's a good thing but hey mm. it depends on it like everyone's different yeah, exactly. It just depends what you're looking for. But um, I have really enjoyed it. Um, also, one thing I would like to say that's a little bit based on story, but I won't spoil anything, um, is the um, it's like the first game in which there's some stuff going on, there's shit happening around the towns, but you as a child are not left to investigate it. There are some adults and they are like, okay, I'll go and look at this while <laughs> you continue on your Pokemon journey that you're supposed to be doing. It's like the first game this has ever happened. Normally, it's like, <laughs> go children, go and see what this dangerous Pokemon is yeah. doing. Or you're the only one who can stop this evil overlord. And this one, it's like, no, you're a child. You do what you're supposed to be doing. I, as the adult, will go and look. 
And I was oh just like, God. this is this is crazy. Revolutionary. It, I know. They've they've advanced. Um but yeah, it that made me laugh. Um there's not many facts that I had for this game. Cool. Um really it was quite hard to find them at this point. I think they're gonna slowly come out. But um this is the first uh, game in the main series not to feature an electric type gym normally there's always an electric type gym but it is the first to have a new dark type gym so if you play pokemon you'll know what the hell that means if not it's just gonna be nonsense to you um and the other fact and my last fact of the day which i'm kind of glad about is that we're gonna visit our lovely friends over in south america and um a mexican newspaper decided to run an article about the new games coming out uh, but fortunately, did not stop to check that if they had any correct titles. And they ran with a picture of um, the, the three new starters. And they had a symbol for Pokemon Sword, Pokemon Shield, and the not real Pokemon Gun. What? Uh, yeah. So there's <laughs> like... Mean, I don't think there should be a game called Pokemon Gun. I just think that's a bit much. I think I, I think that's too much. I don't think there is. Um, and <laughs> so they didn't didn't fact check anything. They just posted it. Um, oh, there God. is... I think there's a thing on Twitter where someone actually put, like pointed out and we're just like, uh, guys, I don't think your researcher did any research for this. No. Um, but the image is just like the internet one that they made up and it was just so funny. Um, I know it's so, yeah. bad, but I can just, I just see loads of little Pokemon numbers running around with little like pistols in their hands. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just all I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> just like, give me all your Pokemon. This is a <laughs> give me all your gold, bitch. <laughs> you do get a lot of gold in this game, so. Yeah. Luke Better watch out for those little... Gun gun wielding pokemon but it's set in england bite your so, ankles yeah we were oh, that's we true that's nice that's fine then <laughs> oh god just like i don't know little pokemon's going around shanking everyone <laughs> give me a money that was a really bad cockney accent i'm english <laughs> i just should just stop accents altogether it's never worked well I, for me. <laughs> but I always appreciate the effort that you put into it. It's funny because I feel like in real life I'm actually all right. But then as soon as I get on the podcast and start doing the episode, I've got to put an accent on it. Just just goes to shit. Like my Sean Bean accent pressure. was probably the worst of all time. <laughs> I'm actually quite good at a Northern accent. I don't know what that was. I Yeah, because so, the more we're talking about it, the more like I, I, I can normally do one. But I'm not going it's to. It's the pressure, It's the pressure honestly. of the microphone. It's like... As soon as you're about to say it, your brain is just like, don't scrub, don't scrub, don't scrub. And then you sort of just say it and you're like, and it just comes out terribly. <laughs> just word vomits out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh well. dear. But yeah, so that's my number one. That's the end of my list. What awesome. about you? Mine is also current. Oh, oh my, my God. goodness. We're going to have to follow suit next year and actually like, Keep I mean, that's up. if we're still around next year. Oh, we might have died by then. I was about to say, I didn't mean like that, but to be honest, it, with the current state of affairs, who the fuck knows? Oh, Brexit's happening, so... I mean, it's the end of the world, so global warming. Anyway, positiveness. <laughs> number one, 2020. Mm. It's nearly here. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to say positive words. <laughs> just just throwing out buzzwords. <laughs> like the PR Brexit. person that you're born to be. For those geese. Uh, breakfast. That brings everyone up. Everyone just thinks about breakfast and they're oh, yeah. okay again. I'm happy with breakfast. Um, my number one is a game that was released. The first episode was released in 2018, but the rest of them were released in 2019. So therefore, 
it's current and that is life is strange too nice i didn't now, know you, you played finished playing this i have I not have. played this at all i'm proud of myself that i got through all of it so and i say that because uh with all thanks to game pass this is not sponsored but it should be because oh, really? I'm constantly fucking talking about Game Pass on Microsoft at the moment. It makes me happy. I know. Well, it's because they were re- they released all of them on there when I mm. first got it, but then there was like two that weren't, and they just sort of one of them came out. Episode four came out eventually, so I got it again, and then um, I did actually buy the last one because I was so desperate for it. And it only came out the other day, yeah. So I only just finished it, uh, so it's very, very, and you know, it's fresh. It's very, very fresh. And it's awesome. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop playing it. And that, to me, obviously shows that it was really, really good. So anyone that hasn't played Life is Strange 1 or just generally doesn't know too much about it, it was developed by Don't Know Entertainment and published by Square Enix. Life is Strange 1 was a very much like it's like narrative-heavy game. Very good. Recommend it. Uh, Life is Strange 2 is also, you know, narrative-heavy game. It's for the same kind of game in the sense that the mechanics are very much much similar and it's mm. actually I'm not, I'm not going to give any spoilers but it is actually set three years after the events of life is strange one for anyone okay. that's played it but i'm not going to say that it's directly linked or even connected in any way shape or form but that is the time scale in which it is set so to give a non-spoiler background because i don't want to ruin it for you obviously yeah thanks. and and everyone else so it follows Two new characters who are the Diaz brothers, Sean and Daniel. So Sean is 16 and Daniel is nine when the game starts. So a terrible thing happens. <laughs> Vague. Very terrible. Just a terrible thing. They yeah. both go on a journey after the terrible thing happens. <laughs> <laughs> on that, that day. That, that day. day. Yeah. To quote Shenmue. So you follow them on a journey from Seattle, USA to... The, the they're basically their family's hometown of Puerto Lobos and in Mexico you encounter the law, weirdos, nice people, and overall you learn to survive. Uh, life on the road is quite tough for them. I mean I guess you know they are quite young and Sean is basically totally responsible for his much younger brother and he realizes the decisions that he makes will impact their lives forever. And so yeah. You know, the decisions do have quite a big impact, like they would in any sort of Life is Strange game. All that kind of stuff is quite important. Yeah. You can be an asshole, you can be all right. Like, it's, you know, it's entirely up to you how you want to play the game. I was quite hesitant about this game at first. I did not play the first episode for quite some time uh, after it was released. So I only really dived into it within the last few months. And, and I don't know why. I think it was because I was so attached to Life is Strange 1 and I was just quite hesitant about it, really. It was almost yeah. like I just was just worried that it was going to be trash. But it wasn't. That's why it's my number one. So anyone that's thinking of, you know, not being like 100%, I, I would just ignore that. It It's so good. It It's his own story. It's not really that much not connected to the first one. It's his own mm. story. And it's, it's just, it, it freaks you out at first because you're like, oh, I'm playing, you know, Sean, not max and you know that's that's a little bit unnerving at first but it's just i don't know it just it gave me the life is strange warm fuzzy feeling do you know what i mean yeah it manages to capture like 
Life is Strange vibes without yeah. having to have the same story yeah. or characters and stuff, which is and impressive. You get, yeah, you get really hooked into it quite quickly mm. and you realise that with any kind of Life is Strange sort of thing, like there's always a kind of strange element underfoot. Yep. So I won't give that away. Uh, but also it's quite interesting and relevant in regards to like current political issues in the world. Interesting. So not really giving it away, but I mean, you know, I think Sean, Sean and Daniel's dad is originally from Mexico. And so you do kind of experience a lot of kind of racism and like xenophobia and stuff. And it makes me so angry. That's good. I'm glad you didn't so went, mad. Like, and I really agreed with all of it. Oh very no. Awkward. No, like it, it was it was very good, like especially in like the current state of affairs today. Like yeah. it, it was I think it was quite good in showing it, but not in like a way that was in your face, but just in a way that you're just like, hey, stop being an asshole. Um so there are some points where it's quite interesting but also kind of hard to watch and to kind of experience because mm. you're like, this is not okay. But unfortunately, like these things can happen in the world. So, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, as I said, won't get too much in the story, but when you do play it, anyone that has already played it, there is a scene in, I can't remember what episode it is, involving a cougar. And I'm not going to say much more than this. Okay. Apart from the fact that I have never felt my soul and my heart being crushed as much as I did in that scene. So you know what I'm talking about. I think you'll probably understand. Fuck couldn't cope i cried wow that's quite like a baby mm. so you know if we ever do a future episode i know we've done top five moving games but if we ever do like a top five games More that made me games. fucking cry yeah then that will be in it <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah it's, it's really really good i would recommend it it's probably going to play at christmas stuff oh that's a good one i have to be fair i've been waiting for it to be all out because i'm weird like yeah. that with the episodic games where i just i know that i'll get really addicted to the first one and then just need to watch all of them or if i just play the first one and i can't get hold of any of the others or it's, one of them i'll so fall good. out of it so yeah that, that makes sense yeah nice it just it makes me just really excited for for stuff that they do in the future which i hope they bloody do because yeah. i need it I just once I start playing a game like that yeah once I start playing a Life is Strange game I just can't stop it's just so so addictive yeah Uh, so I've got I've got some facts Mm -hmm. um one of them was quite a cool reference actually which is something that I remember happening when I was playing it which is when Daniel and Sean are in the forest Daniel sees a mushroom on a tree and says it looks like a clicker then Sean makes a weird noise so this is obviously a reference to The Last of Us yeah which took me by surprise actually I was not expecting it yeah not really something you think would be a crossover, but makes yeah. Sense. So, um, the guy. This is this. I've got a few facts about the guy that plays Sean. So, I like just wanted to get some general facts. So I started watching some interviews with with the the actors that play Sean and Daniel, and they're adorable. And the the actor that that plays um Daniel was like exactly like you'd expect Daniel to be. Um, but it turns out that the actor that plays Sean is quite a handsome man. Oh no. <laughs> uh, that's that's not my fact uh, but i just wanted to give you just some background i find him quite attractive i think anyone would find him attractive like yeah. even if you're not you know you're not into it like that kind of thing like you'd still look at him and be like yeah you are a you are a nice looking man hmm. um Easy and he seems eyes. nice anyway <laughs> 
the reason why I just thought I'd say that is just because uh, I've got some facts about him. Like, apparently, shortly after getting the role, Gonzalo Martin, which is his name, spent a full weekend living on the street with limited resources to get the feel of what it's like for his, what his character was going through, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um, uh, apparently, as well, <laughs> Gonzalo is a native Spanish speaker, so the voice director allowed him to improvise his Spanish lines in order to make it sound more natural. Very cool. I like it. I've got to me. My facts. Also, Gonzalo Martin is sexy. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? Um, especially when he says Porta Lobos. <laughs> this isn't the, a fact. This is in just... the interview. No, in the interview they were making him say it because everyone like loves the way he says Porta Lobos. This is just <laughs> this is just fangirls on the internet. Also, his favourite band is Queen, and he's a dog person. <laughs> this is just his dating profile. <laughs> this is not. This is not a fact. This is just <laughs> whatever you've managed to find by stalking his Instagram or him on the internet. It was Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Did you write the um, Wikipedia page? <laughs> no. <laughs> Also, just wearing a, like, <laughs> a fangirl number one shirt. He's nice, okay. He's a very good voice actor. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also, don't care about any of that. <laughs> you just like that he's good looking. I think, I think what made me laugh is just the fact that I was finding out all these personality facts and I was like, well, I don't really have any other facts, so I'm just going to put this in. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, now you know. <laughs> yeah. So... Also, another fact is there is actually a live action trailer for episode two, uh, which came out obviously just before it was released, which kind of actually displays a part in the episode, but it's it's real life and <laughs> Gonzalo Martin stars in it, which is cool, not just because he's sexy, but because it's just awesome to have, have like, he's like dressed as like Sean and like, it's obviously set like, it's almost like a, you know, the episode is happening and you hear his voice and you kind of get to see because you know what it's like when you're so addicted to a game and the voice actors are so, like, you see them in such a certain way. To actually see the voice coming out of the actual human is really weird. But it was it was very cool. But don't watch it unless you've played episode one because it's total spoilers. Okay, I'll But I recommend away. it if, you've, if you have played it and haven't seen it. Like, just go check it out just because it's very well done. Daniel isn't played by Daniel, but it's okay because Gonzalez is in there. <laughs> Nikki's special man is, is present. I like it. Nice. That's very cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, just detracting away from that, uh, it's it's a really, really good game. And honestly, when I finished it, I was just... I remembered why I love those games. I remember the feeling that I got when I finished Life is Strange 1. Yeah. And just... I think it just happens to just be, like, one of my favourite game franchises of all time, really. Yeah. It just does something that no one else does. Yeah, they're well-written stories and they are heavier than you have, you know, I think that we're used to in, in that mm. kind of narrative. I think they, and they, but they do it really well. So yeah, I'm excited to play it. I will, I will check it out soon. I think I need to get my Game Pass back, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> you do. There's something as well about those games, which I've never played a game where it's like, I'm excited just to walk around the house and look at stuff and, mm. you know, to take like cookies out of the cupboard. Like, it's weird. It's like, it feels like everything is unfolding around you in real time. Yeah. Like when you know, when you walk around a house, people are doing shit, you're talking to them, like it just feels like so I don't want to say raw because that seems really like lame, but it just seems just I don't know, like it's very rare that I'd want to play a game and actually just be happy to just like do some chores. 
Yeah. But I do. It's it's weird. They just do it so well. Yeah. Anyway, everyone play it. <laughs> if you haven't already. Yeah. If you have played it, talk to me. Just message us. At Nikki. I want to talk about the she cougar. She wants to know. But that's cool. So that's the end of our list and the end of our podcast episode. Well, have this you got year. any backups? Slow oh. down. Well, no. I don't have any backups, actually. I didn't write any. I was like, the, I think the only thing I was going to mention was Detroit Become Human. Uh, I really enjoyed that game and it very, very close nearly went my list. Um, but yeah, I didn't. So I want to mention the number two that was nearly my number two, but isn't my number two. Mm-hmm. Which Borderlands 3 did replace What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, okay. Yeah, that that was probably going to be another honorable mention for me. Yeah, as well. I thought it game. might have been one of yours. It's a really, really good game. And I don't know why I didn't put it in. It was just, I was really fighting between the two. Mm. Um, but it's, it's a very good game. And we have spoken about it a bit in one of our previous episodes yeah. with Dan from The Great Story Ever Played. And so if you wanted to hear us talk about that a bit more, it's it's in there. But yeah, it's a great game. Good narrative game. But I think our lists have summarised quite well. Just some awesome games in the last five years and this year. They're not all going to be this year. No, but we've already talked about that. Yeah, and they know. And I'm happy about it. I feel like we've done some good shit. I feel like I've played some games this year, and that's all I care about most of the time, so... Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I know that you're hungry, because before this episode, you told me that you haven't eaten dinner yet, so I feel like I can sense the hangriness from you, so we should probably... <laughs> I'm getting more more snappier <laughs> and quick to, to wrap up this episode, as you can probably <laughs> tell. Um... But yeah, no, it's been it's been a good episode. I always really like doing these at the end of the year, um, just to kind of remind myself about games I've played. Um, it's just it's interesting, good, yeah. yeah. It's just trying to remember things and and get into think, them, and yeah, yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where you don't want to push yourself too much to think on it because really, it's going to be the games that stand out in your mind. Yeah, and I think it should normally sort of come quite automatically to you, and I think those are the ones as well for me that definitely stood out. And I think, yeah. It was good. I'm excited for next year. Yeah. And hopefully we... we'll be alive. <laughs> hopefully we'll make it. Hopefully we'll make it to 2020 because we will be back uh, sometime in January um, with our first yeah. episode. We're, we're taking a Christmas break because it's Christmas and none of you are going to listen to a podcast. Everyone deserves a Christmas break. Exactly. Um, and we will probably return with some stuff. I think we need to review the decade because yes. it's going to be a whole decade, which that is insane. That gives me... That gives me like bad anxiety because I just think, how? Yeah, it's... <laughs> how? But good, good plan. Good times, good times. <laughs> cool. I lo- I love that idea. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to <laughs> review a whole time that I can remember, and not remember be a small child. Um, <laughs> but yes, that is the end of our episode and the end of our episodes for this year. Um. You can follow us on all our normal stuff. At what, Nikki? You know these things. Uh, you can follow us at GameTool5 on Twitter. You can follow me, Elite Cat, on Twitter. And on Instagram, I sometimes post pictures of my face. Not so much lately, but maybe over Christmas I'm doing some more cosplay stuff, so keep an eye out for some mm-hmm. shit that I do. You can also follow GameTool5 on Instagram. And oh, yeah. one of my New Year's <laughs> resolutions uh, is going to be to actually run that better. Yeah, you've been saying that all the time. Um, I believe in you, though. (laughs) I believe. Um, Yeah, so follow us on Instagram. 
because I didn't forget about it. Yeah, you didn't mention that. And... Just wanted to mention your own face. I see. <laughs> and uh, you can follow us on Discord. Well, you can join our Discord and and liven up a little bit if you like. Because <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Yeah, we're anything. useless. We are yeah. useless. We're Don't trying. Join the Discord. We're That's making a Patreon, it. and we're gonna we're gonna sort our shit out for 2020. We're gonna be like, just totally revamped. We're gonna there's gonna be some bonus episodes on just general topics. It's gonna be exciting, and there's gonna be more stuff for you uh, to listen to our voices, our annoying, annoying voices. Yeah, who <laughs> never know I'm how to it. end podcasts. <laughs> no. But it's fine because we've also got another thing that I want to say, which is please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because we need them. Yeah. They make that us happy. Would be lovely. If you're going to do anything in that entire torrent of list that we've given you, please <laughs> do the Apple Podcasts uh, rating. Um, yeah. It would be a lovely Christmas present for us. It would. And another thing. <laughs> oh my God. Follow us on YouTube. <laughs> All right. I'm just ending I'm this podcast. I'm now. done. You're done? I did it. I did all the things. Yeah. You proud? I'm so proud. Go eat. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Merry Bye. Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Jingle bells. <laughs> what? <laughs>